This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items that's manscaped.com Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Did you miss me? <laughs> glad to be back and glad to give you all what you came here for, the New Orleans Saints talk. Thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your morning, noon, and night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. And man. Did I pick a fine time to go on vacation? Because as soon as I touched down in Puerto Rico, that's when the Saints decided to lose their damn mind. But your boy is back, and I'm ready to talk about some of those hot topics that I didn't get opportunity to talk about. I'm also here to talk about some of these fans out here that completely overreacted and completely made fools out of themselves. That's right. I'm talking about you. And... I'm going to be talking about the Saints preseason game week one, a preseason versus the Baltimore Ravens. But before I get started, I want to say thank you to everybody that's in the chat. This show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use that promo code State of Saints, save 20%. And we're going to be talking about preseason. Game one, Baltimore Ravens versus the New Orleans Saints. Saints go on the road, M&T Bank Stadium, Baltimore take on the Ravens. The Ravens are on a hot winning streak. They have not lost a preseason game since 2015. So needless to say that the Baltimore Ravens are a well-designed, well-put-together football team. 
and rather they're getting guys off the street that is going to end up working at 24-hour fitness or your local LA fitness when it's all said and done, they still construct their team really well. Okay, but the Saints have a tall task to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and this is a preseason like none other. You know, usually we don't pay that much attention to preseason as Saints fans, especially when it comes to the quarterback position because for the last 15 years, we knew who the quarterback was. We know it was Drew Brees, and regardless if Drew Brees played or not, we knew week one of the regular season, number nine, was going to run through the smoke and take the field. But now we have two guys that are competing for the starting position. Those guys are Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And if I am a betting man, I am going to say that Taysom Hill is going to start week one versus the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't think we need to put any stock into it. I just look at the fact of how the Saints put together a training camp. Taysom Hill was always the one that went first. So with this game, I feel like Taysom Hill is going to start this game. He's probably going to play about a half. And then you're going to see Jameis Winston come in in the second half, probably running with the second and the third team in order to finish up. You probably see Ian Book probably in the last couple minutes of the game. And then week two is probably going to be reversed where you see Jameis Winston start, followed by Taysom Hill. And this, uh, this is going to be the deciding factor. Look, we've, as Saints fans, we've been following training camp, right? We've been following training camp for a good little minute. We've been looking at every throw by both of these guys with a fine-tooth comb. We've been on Twitter looking at some of the reports coming from guys like Nick Underhill and uh, Catherine Terrell and, and, and Amy Just and Ross Jackson and all those people that had an opportunity to be at training camp. But it doesn't matter to me. What matters is what you do against the opposition, what you can do in a real-time game. And that is going to be the deciding factor who is going to be the starter week one i'm also interested to see the wide receiver position look we know michael thomas is not going to start the season we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the podcast but you also have some young guys out here that are trying to get on the field we know deontay harris most likely is going to be suspended so that's going to open up doors for guys like Quan baker and chris hogan and you know callaway and all these other young hungry guys out there man Aesop Winston guys like that man it's going to give them an opportunity to go on the field to see what these guys are made of and I am interested to see how these guys are going to connect and gel and the chemistry between both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston with these young wide receivers I'm also interested to see how the tackling is going to be by the New Orleans Saints uh are these guys going to be playing with good pad level? Are they going to be able to make some of these tackles? Some of these young players, how is their eye discipline when it comes to the defensive side of the football? Are the New Orleans Saints going to decide to, uh, to roll with one of these other corners besides going out, looking in the street, trying to find somebody to come in? Is a guy like Paulson Adebo, who has been dominating in the one-on-one matchups, can he be opposite of Marshawn Lattimore? Or will it be Prince of Mucamara? Or will it be Ken Crawley or some other cornerback that is going to emerge? So, so many unanswered questions that are going to be answered with some of these preseason games. Are these guys uh, what we need them to be? Or is Sean Payton going to be looking on the outside to bring somebody in in order for the New Orleans Saints to have a formidable 53-man roster? It is going to be one heck of a ride. And I, for one, am excited about it. 
and I know you are too. And I'm pretty sure you're excited to ask me some questions and give some comments throughout the show. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Without further ado, I'm going to go to the chat and thank you once again for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to go ahead and start with da 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 da. da. We're going to start with John. John says, "My boy JT Jones. Uh, actually, it's TJ Jones, but I." Feel you on that, John. Appreciate you for being here, man. Greg says, I think Hill might. Uh, I guess you're referring to Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback in preseason game one. I just think that when you look at how everything was structured during training camp, you have to say he's going to be the guy that's going to start. Mike says, who that? Big Head Slim says, come on, TJ. He also says, who that? Jared says, TJ is back. Yes, I am back, and I'm excited to talk about Saints football. Casual Dex, all the way in Canada, says, what up, family? Who that? TJ Jones, the hopes. Patrick says, TJ, who that in the building? Dennis, giving a, the flirt the lease signs all over the place. We're going to stroll down a little bit. I guess this is when, you know, we first started. But let's go ahead and get to the questions. I appreciate everybody for chiming in, but we're going to go ahead and see some, some of the comments that you all have. AJ says, been ready to watch some Saints football. Time to bust out the one of the jerseys tomorrow. Who that? Yeah, I think everybody's excited for football season. Everybody's just excited just to see uh, preseason. Because, I mean, honestly, we haven't seen preseason. We didn't see preseason last year. And preseason, as boring as it may be sometimes, especially uh, it's been pretty boring when it comes to New Orleans Saints over the past couple of years. You have to say this year is a little bit different for preseason because – you feel like preseason is going to decide some things for the New Orleans Saints. So this preseason for the New Orleans Saints is a little bit different from all those other preseasons because when you looked at Saints preseason games, you know, years past, you knew the positions that they had was pretty much solidified, maybe like one or two positions. But you have a, a, a plethora of positions that have yet to be filled, and um, these guys are going to have to go out there and work for it. So it's going to be exciting to see. Dennis says Ravens usually cause us fits too. Yeah, I mean, the Saints have a hard time beating the Ravens. They beat them for the first time a couple of years ago uh, when, um, you know, Drew Brees finally beat all 32 teams, includes the New Orleans Saints, because he beat them when he was in San Diego. And this was uh, Sean Payton as well, man. Sean Payton beat every other team for the exception of, uh, you know, exception of the Baltimore Ravens. And, of course, he can't beat the Saints because he, you know, <laughs> he coaches the Saints, but I'm pretty sure during one time or another when he was uh, assistant coach, he beat the Saints. So I guess you can give him credit for that. Uh, TJ, I will put hands on Ian Rappaport. Uh, look, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset at, at some of the journalistic and, you know, journalistic integrity that is in question by some of these top flight, uh, top notch media guys, uh, so to speak. Look, I'm never going to be one of those guys that sugarcoat anything. I'm not sitting up here biting my tongue because I want to get a job one day and I'm not going to play ball. And if I got to play ball uh, by just kissing somebody's tail in order for me to find employment by one of these major companies, I don't want it. Uh, these guys, their, their integrity is in question here. Uh, you had Stephen A. Smith up here trying to uh, convince people that are not fans of the Saints and not smart enough and, and don't really know or follow the New Orleans Saints that Taysom Hill has this big time contract and Taysom Hill needs to start because they're investing all this money in him. Not needless to say that Taysom Hill has a two year, $21 million contract 
the four-year, $140 million contract that he got was basically a phantom deal to stretch out in order for the Saints to make cap room to make other moves. And I just feel like that's an absolute embarrassment and a shame that we have resorted to this type of stuff in order for us to get some type of attention. And then on top of that, look, I'm not blaming Ian Rappaport for that report about Michael Thomas and talking about he wanting to be traded. I blame the NFL Network producers, the guys that are in the truck that are putting the topics on the screen. Because Ian Rappaport, the only thing he said is it was it would be hard for the New Orleans Saints to trade Michael Thomas. The people that are at fault are the producers in the truck, the ones that are misleading individuals. And I also blame the Who That Nation, some of you. Yeah, that's right. I blame some of you because some of you are not smart enough to see through the BS. And it's embarrassing. You are sitting up here constantly sending me emails about Michael Thomas needing to be traded and not even looking at the footage or the verbiage of Ian Rappaport. Some of you just see the topic and all of a sudden you're sending it to me. And now you want to go ahead and, and put your little two cents in and you're making yourself look absolutely ridiculous. I've been telling you guys for I don't know how long, but you insist on trying to be ahead of the curve. But being ahead of the curve, you're making yourself look foolish. OK, you have to allow these situations to play out. You have to allow these situations to handle themselves in order for you to draw your conclusions. OK, you are putting topics up and not reading the fine print. And I hate to say it, but a lot of the people that work at these companies, they know you don't read the fine print. They know you're not reading the articles. They know you read the topics. That is the reason why they make the topics so appealing to you. So they can they can put that little hook out there in the water and you can bite on that bait. That's exactly what they want you to do. So for all those Saints fans out there that was talking about Michael Thomas wanting to be traded and not looking at the fact that Ian Rappaport was saying that the trade of Michael Thomas would put the Saints in cap, a really big cap hole, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Because you are what's wrong with society to me. Seriously, you are what's wrong. Them putting those stories out there and y'all falling for it. Not all of you. I'm talking about the ones that fall for it. I'm talking about the ones that sit up here and send this nonsense to me. But And I'm going to tell you, I don't read it. I don't read that nonsense. After one or two, man, Michael Thomas, he want to get traded. If he want to get traded, he can go ahead and go. Hey, dude didn't even say that. And yet y'all sitting up here reading the fine print, reading the topics, reading the, reading, the, reading the headlines, and all of a sudden, oh, man, he wants to get traded. He want to get traded. Like, you, you, you sound stupid. Like, I, I'm just being serious. You sound stupid. That's why you have to go out here and do your research. That is what I say on this show every single time. Do your research. Stop listening to these talking heads that just want you to click on their websites just to watch their television show for ratings. That's all they care about. They are going to tell you what you need to not hear. They're going to tell you things to scare you in order for you to run with the narrative, in order for you to come back for more, okay? And some of y'all are falling for it like fools. Yes, I said it like fools. And I didn't stutter when I said that. And if I lose people for saying that, then I'm sorry. It is what it is. Rappaport, I will I will be in NOLA Wednesday afternoon, either me <laughs> or Frenchman, and talk smack. Steve Young says, what up, TJ? Randy says, well, you are right, but he is going to uh, have a great year. Welcome back, TJ and family. That's from Antoinette. 
Dennis, thank you very much for the $5. Says, welcome back. Who that? Ernest says, John Nolan for reals. Jeremy says, who that brother? What's up? We also have uh, Levi says, miss this. Ken Arthur says, TJ is the writing on the wall for Latavius Murray with the arrival of Freeman. I don't know. Uh, I think preseason are pretty much, uh, you know, I guess that's going to play out. But to be honest with you, um, the Saints are probably trying to find ways to try to save a little bit of money. So if they feel like they can save a little bit of money and the De- De- uh, Devontae Freeman comes in and gives them the type of production that Latavius Murray can give them, uh, you know, at a cheaper price. Yeah, probably so. Eugene says, I'll be at MT Bank Stadium to see my boys live and in color. Well, that's great, man. I hope you have a good time there. Uh, Murray deserves better, though. I absolutely agree with that. It's sad that Latavius Murray, uh, you know, is getting treated like this, you know, bringing this guy in. And I, I, like he definitely deserves better. But I just feel like the Saints feel like they can save some money. And if they can get some better, they can get some guys that can give them the type of production that Latavius can give them at a cheaper price, they're going to go for it. Uh, TJ, how do you feel about CJ Henderson trade talk and what would you give up to get him? Uh, probably a third round pick. I'm not giving up a first round. I'm not giving up a second round. This is an unproven uh, guy going into the second year out of Florida. He has all the tools to be a really good uh, cornerback, but I'm not giving up nothing like a first or uh, second round pick uh, for CJ Henderson. That ain't happening. I mean, especially uh, since his his career has not even been, uh, you know, has not uh, been told yet. The story hasn't been told. So probably like a third round pick and uh, maybe a player, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, a Latavius Murray or something like that you can use for trade bait. Uh, Kent Jackson says, do you think we pick up another wide receiver before the start of the season? Uh, no, I do not. Uh, the only reason I feel like they will pick up another wide receiver if it's somebody else goes down or they have these preseason games and they're not getting a production at that position they feel uh, that they're getting. That's the only reason I can see another wide receiver coming in. I don't think it's a coincidence that the New Orleans Saints have decided to roll with those youngsters that they have inside of the locker room right now. It's probably something that uh, Sean Payton sees from these young guys and he feels like those guys can handle their business. So um, that's always a positive thing. And we know that the New Orleans Saints, if they felt like they didn't have the right wide receivers in the room, they didn't feel like they had the quarterback that can get the ball to these guys, then maybe they'll go out here and get another guy, you know, but they feel like the guys they have in there uh, are good enough. And um, I guess I would have to wait the preseason to see if they are. TJ, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Paulson Adebo. What if he's a rookie breakout like Marshawn and we end up with two lockdown corners? Well, that would be great. You know, I've been saying this for a while that uh, Paulson Adebo could have easily been a first round pick. You know, if he probably would have had a really good season if the Pac-12 uh, didn't have to deal with some of these COVID issues, if they would have decided uh, a little bit earlier that they were going to have a season, uh, Paulson Adebo probably wouldn't have fell into the laps of the New Orleans Saints. I mean, this guy uh, has first round talent and they got it in the third round. And he's a very smart football player. And you're going to find out a lot about Paulson Adebo. You know, uh, you're going to find out a lot about him. And you know, I was listening to uh, after further review and he had, uh, and uh, Matt Moscone, he had Scott Shanley on the show. And uh, Scott Shanley made a very interesting point, man. He was talking about how, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is a guy that people have a lot of respect for. A lot of quarterbacks have a lot of respect for. So whoever is the opposite of Marshawn Lattimore is going to get a lot of balls thrown their way. 
and those guys have to be ready. So we're going to find out a whole lot about a guy like a Paulson Adebo. We're going to find out a lot about a guy like a Ken Crawley. Has he really stepped up? Uh, we're going to find out a lot about a guy like Prince of Mucamara if he decides to stick around or the Saints decide to keep him. We're going to find out a lot about these guys because they're going to get a lot of passes thrown their way because if you have a choice of a, going up against a guy uh, like a Lattimore challenging him versus challenging some unproven guys or some guys that have some ups and downs in the league, trust and believe you're going to go to the opposite side. So a lot of those guys are going to get some work. So we're going to find out a lot about Paulson Adebo. We're going to find out a lot about some of these other guys, and we should. So those guys are going to get a lot of opportunities to make some plays. So it's, it's going to be sink or swim, whoever that number two corner is. Uh, let's see. The Youngblood46 says, TJ, uh, what do you th- who you think will start at wide receiver for the Saints tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, that's a good question right there. I think that uh, most likely you're going to see uh, Marquez Callaway out there. Probably going to see him for a series. Uh, you're probably going to see Deontay Harris out there. And you're probably going to see a mixture between Quine Baker and Esau Winston, you know, and you're also probably going to see little sprinkles of a little Jordan Humphreys. But if I'm a betting man for one, two, and three, probably going to be Quine Baker, uh, Marquez Calloway, and Deontay Harris is going to be out there. And the only reason I'm saying that uh, is, well, not Esau Winston. I put Chris Hogan out there as well. Chris Hogan probably is going to be that third wide receiver. So you're going to have Calloway, Harris, and Hogan out there probably starting at wide receiver. And then you're going to have Esau Winston coming out there and little Jordan Humphreys, and, you know, probably going to see a little bit of Quine Baker and stuff like that in the second half. But those are going to be the guys that you're probably going to see, uh, you know, take the field as far as the starters are concerned, Hogan, Callaway, and Harris. Uh, Dennis says, uh, yes, sir, crab cakes and saints. A.J. Farmer says Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. Yeah, I mentioned that before. Ray says, who that from Bayou Lafouche? Uh, he says, I know the quarterback position is probably the most important position in the NFL, but give us your thoughts on the new punter. He got big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he had a little bit of some ups and downs. You know, Gillum, uh, you know, he had some uh, some ups and downs at the beginning, but seems like he, he found his footing, you know, especially when he had that five-second punt ball staying there for quite some time, and I think that solidified the job for him. Yes, he does have big shoes to fill. Thomas Morestead was a a steady punter for many years for the New Orleans Saints. But I think that this young kid, uh, he, he's a really good punter. He was really good at Penn State. Uh, so uh, he, he has some big shoes to fill, but I think that he's up to the challenge. Uh, guess who's back? Back again. TJ's back. Tell who that nation. Casual Dex, thank you, man. Glad to be back. Eugene says Ravens have 17 straight preseason wins. Weirdest uh, stat ever. Yeah, but hey, that, that's – as a testament to how good that organization is with drafting guys and getting guys in, you know, that can, that can execute. That's, that's pretty decent right there. Uh, no doubt. Good crab cakes for sure. Good city too, too bad. They're going to lose. <laughs> I'm just worried about the wide receivers. That's like our only flaw right now, but we will see. Well, Chris, I can't say that's our only flaw because we don't know if that's our only flaw. We don't know if these guys are going to go out here and execute or not. The only thing that's separating them from any other wide receiver court in the NFL is the fact that we don't know these guys that much, you know, like, but that goes like with many organizations, you know, you don't have a bunch of guys out there. You might have one star wide receiver and a bunch of uh, guys that haven't proven themselves just yet, you know, and I get it right. It will be more comfortable if we had some guys that had some name and some cachet. I get it. 
makes a lot of sense. But um, I'm, I'm going to reserve my judgment for these guys, man. The only thing that's separating us uh, from giving these guys some respect is the fact that they are unproven. So let's just give them opportunity to see. And if they're not the guys, we know that Sean Payton is not afraid to go out here and make some changes. So I'm not going to say that these guys aren't the answer because I haven't seen these guys play yet. Ken Arthur says, not going to lie, TJ, the three positions I'll be paying a lot of attention to is defensive tackle, wide receiver, and linebacker. What about you? Uh, I'm looking at all the positions out here, man, because quite frankly, man, you have you have kind of, you know, changing of the guards going around here. You know, for the exception of the offensive line, you're going to see some new faces at every level. So I can't say that I'm just focused on one particular position because, I mean, everything for the most part is new. So I'm just looking at it very wide-eyed. You know, I'm excited to see this, man. I'm excited to see how this team is going to be as a cohesive unit collectively. And um, I'm just interested to see if some guys are going to step up because it's different between you going up against your teammates versus you going up against guys that really want to take your head off. Uh, Kim says, want to see how Jawan do at tight end. Uh, that's a good storyline. And he's been doing an outstanding job. You know, he's been stepping up and he already has some some things working for him. The fact that he played wide receiver, the fact that he's a, a good route runner. He just needs to work on, you know, his blocking ability at the tight end position. But, you know, I don't expect for him to come out here to be George Kittle or come out here to be Gronk when it comes to the blocking. I don't expect that, man. I, you know, I think we're going to have some a little bit of a, a Jimmy Graham situation. You know, Jimmy Graham wasn't the best blocker in the world. But he was a really good pass catcher. So I, that's what I see for the future with Juwan Johnson. I see him making some really good catches. I see him moving the sticks. I see him getting that yak. And I see him transitioning and becoming uh, really good uh, in the red zone. And, uh, you know, probably making some plays, you know, when it comes to the tight end position. But I think Adam Troutman is going to be the starter. Uh, you know, of course he's going to be the starter, in my opinion. He's the guy that is the full package. But I think Jawan Johnson can be good in red zone and also on those third downs as well because of his route running ability. Uh, Saints all the way breaking that Ravens streak. Well, we'll see, you know. And I'm not really too much interested in the Saints win at this particular point. Uh, I'm more interested to see the execution. You know, if the execution of the New Orleans Saints translate to a win, then I'm all for it. But if they are out there and they're executing – and they're making plays, and it just so happens that they lose a game, lose the game tomorrow. I'm okay with that. Okay. And if you're watching it on another day, I'm saying Saturday. All right. So if they end up losing tomorrow, Saturday, uh, and uh, you know, they're executing, they're doing the right things, I have no problem with that. But I, I would like to see uh some things done right. I would like to see some some correct execution uh from the New Orleans Saints team on uh, Saturday. Uh, it's crazy how uneducated people really are about this team. Well, you know, it's not the fact that they're not educated. Uh, it, it's just the fact that a lot of people are falling for this, you know, th this narrative that, you know, that the Saints are horrible, you know, like they, that's what they think. And I mean, I, I can't too much blame them because when you hear for years that the Saints go as Drew Brees goes, you, you have a tendency of putting that in the back of your mind. And all of a sudden, like when Drew Brees finally leaves, you just become extremely nervous and you just think that the Saints are going to fail. Uh, I think that the Saints are a well-coached football team. And I think that they have the right coaches to 
to get them and lead them uh, through this transition. Like if this was like another coaching staff, I'd be a little bit concerned. But I think Sean Payton has put a really good coaching staff together that educates guys, that knows how to train guys, that know how to develop guys. So I think that's what the Saints have going for them. Uh, I'm not falling for that narrative. The Saints are going to have to show me that they're a terrible football team. I'm not going to allow Stephen A. Smith to tell me that they're terrible. I'm not going to, uh, as much as I respect this guy, I'm not going to allow Mike Greenberg to tell me how terrible they are. Uh, none of these other talking heads because I know what it's all about. Look, as a person that, that follows media, a person that studied communications, I know the power of words. I know how people can manipulate words in order to make people feel. That's how people maintain jobs in, in media. That's how they do it. Any way that they can get you to feel, rather as nervous, rather as happy, rather as embarrassed, rather as sad, they are going to do it all in the name of ratings. These people do not follow this team very closely. They don't follow the team like I follow the team, like Ross follows the team, like Deuce Wyndham follows the team, like all the other Saints reporters out here follow the team. They are not going to know what we know. As you as a fan, they're not going to know what you know. They just take the hottest topics and they, they just talk about it. They talk about it very recklessly. And they talk about it to people that don't understand Saints football. And when you don't understand Saints football, you're going to believe what you're hearing because there's a level of respect that a person that is watching that individual on television has. So when that person says, oh, the Saints are going to fall off, they believe that because they trust that person to give them the right information. But in reality, these people are just trying to tell you things in order to get you as a Saint fan all riled up and angry so you can come back and say or share with your friend, man, look what this guy said. Or if you're a fan of another team, you're smiling and you happy and you want to come back because they're saying that the Saints are going to fall. And that's exactly what you want to hear. It's the it's, that's the way how media works, folks. You know, you re you have very few people out here that is in media that has this level of integrity that gives it to you the way that it needs to be given to you. I mean, I'm just I'm just being real. And then you have those other people out there that just want to count their money and they're going to tell you everything that, you know, they feel like you want to hear or feel like, you know, what I'm saying something that uh, generates some type of emotion out of you all in the name of ratings and money. So you got to be able to do your own research, folks. And if you do your own research and if the person that you're listening to is not giving you the right information, you can call BS on it. But if you're not doing your, your research and you're not doing your due diligence, then you're going to fall for this. And you're going to keep on putting, uh, you know, emails out talking about, oh, you heard this and oh, you heard that. And you're going to realize that at the end of the day, it was just all to try to get your attention. So you got to be careful with this news, man. You got to be careful with that, you know. That, that, that's one thing that I have learned, uh, you know, being in media, uh, like I said, studying communications, like people have this 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 ability to persuade people. And and and, and these these presidents of these companies, these executives understand that. And that's the reason why they give these guys the big bucks, not so much of their knowledge of sports, but because their ability to go out here to, you know, be able to you know, speak well and say all these different things in order to generate emotion. It's not so much about their knowledge of the, of the sport. Um, I'm just being real. Zane says, what about Traquan Smith? Uh, 
Well, I, I, well, I mean, I don't think that he's going to play. Uh, I think the Saints are going to try to get him ready for uh, week one. Greg says, uh, where are you from, Ray? I'm from Montague. Okay. I guess he's talking to Ray there. Uh, it's a bummer about Lutz. Yeah, Will Lutz, you know, one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL. Uh, yeah, him being hurt, him having that injury, uh, you know, but – at least he's coming back at the end of the season where you're probably going to really need him, man. Love to see Canadians who that in here. <laughs> Ken Arthur said, TJ, if you could redesign our unis uh, with the same color scheme, uh, how would you do it? Um, probably all black. I had the black helmets to it. You know, I had the black helmet with the gold stripe going around, uh, going down and, you know, the gold Florida Lee. That's probably all I would do. Give the Saints a black uh, helmet. TJ, soon as uh, you get zelly, I will, <laughs> I will light you up. <laughs> uh, I am playing man 22 right now, and our quarterbacks are trash, bro. Um, well, lucky for us, uh, Madden is not real. <laughs> Adam Big Hill made big plays for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now, watching the Bombers versus Toronto. Uh, let's see, keeping them to seven points in the fourth. Yeah, man, Adam Big Hill, he was uh, really good for the Saints. Uh, he made some plays, uh, came down to the final cuts, man. It was a tough decision. Uh, he didn't make the team, but glad to see that he's actually out there still pursuing his dream. Why would our O-line have issues? We have the same line. That's a good point. You know, I don't think they have issues. I said that's that me personally, I feel like that's the only, you know, that's the only thing that I ain't really too much worried about. Dennis says, yep, who that for life says I did. You know, I just said, TJ, uh, did did we resign to Ryan yet? No, we did not. TJ Saints award, uh, awarded a beast D-line. Yeah, I mean, that's what the reason why Sean Payton decided to keep Ryan Nielsen. And I think that was a smart decision, especially going through a transition. Uh, you know, keeping Ryan Nielsen helped big time. Uh, just tune in. Welcome back, TJ. Awesome seeing you back. And after that vacation week, I'm pretty sure a gym is calling your name. Uh, honestly, no, nah, not really, man. I actually went to the gym every day. I was uh, <laughs> I was at the hotel. Yeah, the hotel had a gym. So I was still working out while I was out of town. So, yeah, and I didn't really fall off like that. I mean, we didn't really eat like nothing too crazy or anything like that. So, yeah, I still worked out. So still was at the gym, man. They had a really cool gym uh, at the resort we stayed in. You know, they had like the little – uh peloton bikes outside you know and i was able to you know uh you know do the bike and and look at the water at the same time man it was pretty dope uh tj i think we'll have a top uh, 12 defense i can feel it these boys are well coached and they're dogs well they're going to need a really good defense this season and i, I mentioned that on several occasions uh, as long as the defense uh is steady i think that the offense will be able to find its identity whatever their identity maybe uh but I, I feel like they need to generate some turnovers which i've seen in practice they've been doing and they also uh need to be able to get pressure on the quarterbacks and i'm hearing really positive things from uh rookie peyton turner uh davenport is in the backfield uh honestly the only person i'm not really hearing about it is cam jordan but that's because you know they're really uh you know being careful with cam so i mean of course him being a veteran doesn't really uh, have him on the field as much, giving these other young guys an opportunity to go out there to make plays. So um, if, if this 
translate to the regular season going up against the opposition, then I think the Saints will be really, really good. Uh, top five this year because they're going to step up, I bet. Well, hope they'll have a top five defense. Only time will tell on that. Uh, Tweety says, uh, feel blessed to be in that number tomorrow night and be more a pleasure witnessing two class operations doing their thing. Who that? I agree, man. I like the Baltimore Ravens organization. I ain't got nothing against them, you know, at all. You know, I think they do outstanding job. I think they've been uh, one of those uh, cornerstone teams for many years. Uh, they always uh, have a good running game and good defense. And, you know, a- as a fan of football, that's something that I think we all can respect. And sometimes we, we can kind of envy because sometimes we wish we had a defense like those guys have had in the past. Uh, Winston does good with tight ends, Johnson and Troutman. Yeah, you know, if you have yourself a good tight end, that's a guy you can check it down to, and that's a good utility blanket to have if, you know, your your you know your first target isn't open. You know, and if you have yourself a, re- a really good tight end, uh, say the least two really good tight ends or decent tight ends, uh, you, can really, you can really work, man. I mean, all those years, you know, with the New England Patriots, I mean, all those two tight end sets they had out there with Aaron Hernandez and, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, you know, they, they had really – really good uh you know tight ends out there so if Jawan johnson could give production as well as adam troutman i think that it would be beneficial to the saints tj what would it give uh for a guy in iy receiver court to sell you um on them as currently constructed well i mean i'm i'm sold on it right now until they tell me otherwise look man i'm not one of those people that if i don't know a guy's name i'm just gonna say oh man they no good I, I i can't do that man because I wouldn't want nobody to do that for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, look, there's a lot of people that I had to win over watching this podcast, right? You know what I'm saying? You got all these other options out here. You know what I'm saying? All these other credible guys that have been doing podcasting for years, right? Guys that you can say, oh, man, let me roll with him. But you gave this, you know what I'm saying, this guy from the Nightwater New Orleans opportunity. And now, you know what I'm saying, people tune in all the time to the State of the Saints podcast. That's the way I look at it. If nobody gave me an opportunity and they were just like, oh, man, you know, I don't really know him or whatever. How would this show go? So I'm not going to say that these guys have to win me over because right now, you know what I'm saying? Like the expectation is up here. Anything else they do that is, you know, it's going to make it fall. You know, but that's the way that I approach things. I don't I, I can't like I can't judge these guys based on their name. And because I don't recognize these guys for their production, I can't do that. But I can give these guys an opportunity. And if they don't rise to the occasion, then I can be like, well, they need to go in a different direction. But as of right now, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to this receiver position because I really trust Sean Payton. And I know Sean Payton would go out here and try to find another wide receiver if he didn't trust what he had in the locker room. We seen when, uh, you know, the Saints were struggling trying to find that number two. They tried to get Brandon Marshall. They tried to get Des Bryant. All these other things because the other guys, you know, that they had, they felt like wasn't competent enough in order to make plays. But for the New Orleans Saints to say, you know what, these guys in the locker room, we're going to give these guys an opportunity. What I say to that is it speaks volumes because Sean Payton is not one of those guys. He has never been that way. Sean Payton has never been like, I'm just going to roll with the – with the hand that I was dealt. They're always looking for guys that can come in to make their team better. And if they don't have it, he's going to go out there and find it. That's the reason how we got Taysom Hill. 
That's the reason how we got Eli Apple. That's the reason how we got Janoris Jenkins. That's the reason how we got Quan Alexander last year. So if he didn't believe in these young wide receivers, trust and believe that they will go out here and try to find more wide receivers. Uh, that's, that's just me. I mean, that, that's just the way I think. So as long as, you know, they go out there and they're productive, you won't hear from me. Um, that's the way I feel. Uh, but the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. Over 2,000 men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. Use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off. State of Saints, that's all one word, lowercase letters. You will save 20% off of your purchase. So once again, thank you to the fine folks at Manscaped for being an official sponsor of the state of the saints podcast mike says definitely going to be looking at how our receivers get separation tomorrow and i'm going to be looking at the cornerbacks uh too so heavy yeah those are two spots that i know a lot of saints fans are going to be looking at steve says exactly execution is what we're looking for no one cares if we win or lose yeah not at this point uh regular season we care okay uh and that's that's the best thing about this last season uh, we ran right into the regular season, right? So any mistakes that you made, I mean, it went towards your record. Now you go out here, you execute, you, you fix the mistakes that you make, and you have three weeks in order for you to get it right before the regular season starts. So I'm not so concerned about winning and losing. Of course, I want the Saints to win. I want the Saints to win every game, rather it's exhibition or regular season. But I want to see things done right more so than I want to see a Saints victory. Maybe I know Sean Payton things differently, but as for me, I just want to see these guys making some plays. I want to see these guys stepping up. I want to see these guys going out here, taking advantage of the opportunity. This is a great opportunity for a lot of young guys. A lot of young guys can get opportunities to be starters for the New Orleans Saints if they go out there and execute. So, I mean, it's in their hands, man. I mean, this is what you really want. This is what you really want. Uh, Jameis 101 called uh, SAS uh, for a debate, but Stephen didn't want the smoke. Uh, yeah, man, you know, Stephen A. Smith, man. Stephen A. Smith needs, uh, when it comes to football, I ain't talking about basketball. When it comes to football, he needs a producer in his ear and an intern burning a midnight oil, trying to make him sound credible. Uh, Stephen A. Smith basketball yes when it comes to football Stephen a smith uh it lacks okay i mean he just lacks i mean he to me uh he he's on espn but to, bro, it, it, it's more about like how entertaining he is more so than his knowledge of football because i mean some of the things that he says you know it, it you can't know football you can't know football just regularly like i feel like if Stephen a smith Okay, if you met Stephen A. Smith at a bar or something like that, right? It's nighttime, and it's, you see Stephen A. Smith, and you start talking about sports, and you talk talking about football. I feel like Stephen A. Smith would be like a, as my grandfather would say, a baby bird in tall grass. Like I just feel like he'll be out of place. I think that you have a lot of people that are around him, make him sound and look good, uh, you know, make him knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than what he is uh, when it comes to football. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all that Jameis one on one you know, beat him in the debate when it comes to that, because quite frankly, I don't think Stephen A. Smith knows that much about football in the first place. Casual Deck says Ian Book uh, been doing good. Yeah, Ian Book has been doing a really good job, man. And um, that, that's what you want. 
uh, you know, I mean, never know what the future holds. So we're, we're hoping that uh, one of these uh, guys that we're naming, Jameis or Taysom, be able to take over the starting position long term. But you never know. I mean, Ian Book has had a lot of starts in college. Uh, he's been a leader. Uh, you know, he's played on national television, primetime game. Two, two times he's played in the college football playoff. So he knows about the big stage. So you never know. You got to stay ready. And, and it, it's not far-fetched that, uh, you know, Ian Book could get an opportunity to play if somebody goes down. So he has to stay ready. Drew Brees, thank you very much for the $2. Says, good news. I'm coming back for one more year. Uh, Drew, I love you, but uh, nah, you don't need to come back, man. Stay out there. Uh, spend time with your family. Uh, good luck working on NBC, calling Notre Dame games, football night in America. Uh, yeah, man, we don't, we don't need you, man. We 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 love you, but uh, you know it's time your time up, man. TJ, I think Quan and Demario will wreak so much wreak so much havoc. Uh, that is, uh, will let Bond and Werner shine. They'll feed off that energy. Yeah, I think that the Saints uh, linebacker corp. I think that a lot of people have uh, you know, become more comfortable with these guys, especially with the signing of Quan Alexander. I think it gives everybody a lot more confidence. Uh, we know that Pete Warner had the opportunity and a chance to be really good at the linebacker position. But now if you have Quan Alexander coming in, this would give Pete Warner more of an opportunity and a more time to develop into that linebacker that we know that he can be. And I know that he's probably going to see some playing time and, show, and so is Zach Bond. But uh, if, if you didn't have a guy like Quan, you're really asking a lot of a young uh, linebacker to come in and, and play a lot of snaps and, you know, you know they're going to make some mistakes, but to have a seasoned veteran like Quan Alexander that can go out there and make plays and be opposite of Demario Davis, who's a thumper, uh, I think that it will make uh, things a lot easier when it comes to transitions for Pete Warner. Gabriel says, "I ask you, uh, do you think the Saints are paying all that huge $100 million salary cap because of Drew Brees? I love him, but we lost a lot of players to give Brees a chance to win Super Bowl. The bill come." Well, Gabriel, that's a good question. But look, this here's the thing. And I know a lot of people may not want to hear this, but I don't blame the Saints for what they did. I don't. I don't blame the Saints for going to Vegas and putting it all on black because that is the recipe for success. You're going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like nine times out of 10, more times than not, you're going to win if you are aggressive. And the Saints realized that the type of production they got over the last 15 years at the quarterback position, it's hard to come by. We look at all these other teams out here. We looked at Cleveland all these years. We looked at Buffalo all these years. We looked at Miami, who is still trying to figure it out. We looked at Minnesota all those years. We looked at all these different teams, and you can even add Denver in there. We've seen all these different teams really do what they can to try to find a quarterback that is just suitable enough to run the offense. But when you have a guy for 15 years that plays the quarterback position at such a high level, elites every single year, and you know that his time, his football immortality is about to come to an end, you want to go out there and do everything that you can in order for you to generate a level of success while you still have that guy. So for me, I understand it. I'm not mad at the New Orleans Saints for uh, exhausting their funds 
in order to try to win another championship because they had the team to do it. Last year, to me, that was the team to do it. 2018 was the team to do it. Unfortunately, you had referees and the Saints laying egg on countless occasions uh, working against them, okay? So I don't blame them for that, right? So I, I can't blame Drew Brees for that because, in quite, quite honestly, the Saints should have been in the Super Bowl. They should have been there, you know? So, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? If Gabriel, I'm going to just ask you this. If the Saints would have won a Super Bowl out of the three years where Drew Brees was playing on the one- and two-year contracts, would you even be asking me that question right now? Probably not because you would feel like it was all worth it. I feel like what the Saints did, they had depth at every particular level last season. They had a really good team. The defense was coming on, right? You know what I'm saying? So the only thing that was missing was a championship. And if they would have won a championship, we wouldn't have thought like this. We just feel this way because we didn't get the result that we were looking for. I, If I was the New Orleans Saints, if if, if somebody asked me, would I do it all over again? Absolutely. I would definitely do it all over again because that is how you win. You don't win being conservative. If you don't believe me, ask Marty Schottenheimer, okay? How many times did Marty Schottenheimer had really good football teams and became conservative in the playoffs because in the back of his mind, he's thinking about the drive that John Elway put on his Cleveland Browns, right? So you're not going to win anything by being conservative. You're not. So to answer your question, Gabriel, I would do it all over again because that's how you win. You may not win all the time, but that's how you win. Then it says hairline going all the way back because you're talking about Stephen A. Smith. Toss Key says, look, I will say it for you. Everyone knows Stephen Kuhn is a Jew. Wow. Next question. Uh, he turned down one. Uh, he won in 100 plus million over four or five years. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what we're talking about. Schroeder, we talking about somebody else. <laughs> what the hell was he thinking? Uh, I guess we're talking about Dennis Schroeder here. We got to be talking about Dennis Schroeder. I'm excited to see Warner. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see him too, man. I think that guy's going to be something special. How many linebackers do you think we keep? Because it seems all of them have any good camp, but I guess preseason will tell the real. Kimo, that's a good question. Uh, and honestly, the Saints might be in a – the Saints might keep all of them. You know what I'm saying? You might have guys like Andrew Dowell playing on special teams right might have Zach Bond also playing on special teams so this can be one of those situations where the Saints actually end up keeping all of those linebackers that you mentioned right P Warner was playing pretty well before he got kind of nicked up you know Quan Alexander is going to play uh Demario Davis I mean he's always steady uh Andrew Dowell who's had a really good camp so this might be one of those situations where they end up keeping all those guys that you named you know, and, and move all those other guys that are having good camps on special teams. Michael Thomas got his $100 million. He deserve it, too. Look, he definitely deserves his $100 million. People can have their reservations about Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas deserved every dollar that he got, okay? This guy, every single year he came into the league. Year one uh, and year two, he was better than year one. Year three was better than year two, and that's the only thing that you can act for. And I understand guys get injured and stuff like that. And look, it, it wasn't probably the best idea, you know what I'm saying, for him not calling a team. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just glad that they kind of worked those things out. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, like I, I in a way I understand Michael Thomas' feelings and views because you know the NFL can use a guy up, chew him up, and spin him out when they feel like there's no use for him anymore. And uh, you know, I just feel like if the Saints actually cared that much about Michael Thomas, the way you know, people are getting mad at him. Like, I don't see the people getting mad at the Saints for asking this guy to, you know, prolong his surgery and keep playing because we need you out there, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, think about that. Like, think about if the Saints would allow Michael Thomas to shut it down. It wasn't like the Saints wasn't doing a pretty good job without him. He could have got his surgery and been back and ready to rock and roll. But the Saints... You know, they weren't trying to push him to do surgery, but they wanted him to do it in the offseason at his time and at his, you know what I'm saying, like at his time. And, and you know what I'm saying, I know it don't sound right, but I can get how he feels, you know. Like you only care, you, I feel like he thinks they only, you know, you only care about me when I'm doing something for you. But where were you when I needed something done? So I understand both parties. Like should he have answered the phone? If he didn't, yes, he should answer the phone. All right. But um, he deserves his money. He deserves his money. People can say, oh, man, he changed when he got his money. It is, if, if he did, he, it was, you know, I mean, he still deserved his money. He did what he was supposed to do. And he he worked, uh, you know, beyond what his first contract entails. And he got his money. So, you know, hopefully they can reconcile things, which they say that they have. And hopefully they get it all done. Man, we choked away three chips fooling with Drew Brees in the end, and he hurt us. Yeah, I mean, but how many times had this team hurt Drew Brees when he was in his prime? Though? I ain't going to lie, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that 49ers game, that kind of hurt us, right? You know, come on, man. I, I can't sit up here and, you know, just, I mean, it, it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? He did. Whoo, man, he did pick the wrong time to play his worst game. You know what I'm saying? You know, but I mean, I can think about some defenses that let him down too. Uh, hey, y'all hit the like button or we can catch the streets. TJ knows what that means. <laughs> Ken Arthur, thank you, man. Yeah, if you're enjoying the State of the Saints podcast, go ahead and hit that like button. I would really appreciate that. I'm happy for listening uh you today. One month ago, I don't understand nothing. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that, uh, Gabriel. Appreciate you stopping by. Then it says, no reservations here. Can't guard Mike is a beast. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I ain't got nothing against Michael Thomas. Never will. I, I can't do that, man. Look, I, I can't have conditional love for people. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he goes out there and he balls out, man. And even though, you know, it's temper and all that kind of stuff where people are saying, you know, I don't really too much agree with. If, if it is the way that they're saying that it is, uh, but as far as him being a good player, I, I'm not, you know, he's a, he's a great football player. So I'm not going to, you know, be like, man, he suck. Like, because I just feel like that's crazy. Right. So how are you going to feel when this man catch a touchdown or he does something to help the saints prolong a drive or, uh, 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 win a game. Right. Come on, man. Like, uh, don't give up on the guy. TJ, I've been watching Taysom throw all camp. And though he hits his target, he throws the ball like a baseball, uh, little to no touch, no good for short and intermediate passing. Uh, Ken Arthur, look, uh, I don't want to put too much stock into how he's throwing at practice. Uh, I would like to see it in a real game. Um, I just think that 
uh, analyzing these guys' practice throws with a fine tooth comb. I, I, I don't, because some guys, you know, they may not really be good practice guys, you know, but when it comes to the game, they go out there and ball out, you know. I seen Taysom Hill last preseason game, I want to say against the Chargers. I want to say Teddy Bridgewater had the team down. Uh, you know, Taysom came in, scored 18, you know, helped the Saints uh, come back 18 down. So, I mean, this can be one of those cases, man. So I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like sell a guy short because, you know, we got to be careful with this. Okay. We, we got to be really careful with having, I keep saying this, but having reservations about a guy. And I'm not saying you're doing this King Arthur, but I, 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 what I'm saying is we, we got to be really careful uh, that our, our biases, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like don't get in the way of us judging this competition and i don't you know and i had to remove that because when it comes to Jameis winston man like you want this guy to succeed so badly because it seems like you know he, he says all the right things and he's doing all the right things and he's trying to show that he's worth the investment and you find yourself rooting for a guy like that but at the same time i feel like i have to remove that that level because I don't want to shortchange Taysom Hill. So I just say, I'm just going to step back and just let, let everything play itself out. Now, if I'm a betting man, <laughs> I would say that Jameis is going to be the starter. But I'm not going to allow that particular take to, you know, just drown out Taysom Hill, you know. I'm not saying you're doing that, Keen Arthur, but I think a lot of people who like Jameis, they're very critical on what Taysom does. And people that are a fan of Taysom, they're very critical on what Jameis does. And I think that we just need to allow the quarterback competition to play itself out and we just judge accordingly. You know, that's just the way I feel about it. You know, I'm not, like I said, once again, Keen Arthur, I'm not saying you're doing it, but I'm finding Saints fans doing that. And you're doing yourself a disservice, okay? I, I'm going to just say that. Dennis, thank you very much for the $5. Says Mike T did nothing wrong, y'all. Uh, he's the tip of the spear uh, when it comes to elite. Well, um, I just feel like, you know, things were wrong on both parties, you know. Uh, on one hand, you know, I feel like if the Saints knew this guy was uh, hurt as he was, they should have let him, allow him to uh, shut it down, right? But they kept on like, you know, didn't want him to, you know what I'm saying, get the surgery, in my opinion. You know, they didn't want him to shut it down, right? Because, you know, or they probably gave him that old speech like, we really need you. We really need you. It made him feel guilty if he wanted to go get this surgery or not because, you know, this is Drew last year, man, and you know he's going to want you out there, you know. Now all of a sudden, you know, you're getting mad that the man don't want to get surgery on your time, you know. But at the same time, he's wrong for not, you know, if he didn't answer the phone, you know. Michael Thomas highlights are lessons in dominance. We absolutely need him, not just because he's paid, but because he is absolutely a number one receiver. And this is the thing, man. People are like, man, Mike, Michael Thomas, uh, you know, he going to get traded. You know, look with Brandon Cooks. Uh, look at uh, Akeem Hick, Junior Gallette. I, I'm about to let y'all in on something. Okay. Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver the Saints have ever had. I'm going to go a little deeper 
Michael Thomas is one of the best wide receivers in football. So there's this old saying, okay? They're, they'll tolerate you until your production is not equal to, to what you're actually doing. So this guy is catching 149 catches. That is a NFL record. He was offensive player of the year. No wide receiver has one offensive player of the year, I want to say, in 17 years. So all of these things that Michael Thomas was doing were things that no other NFL wide receiver has done when it came to the catches and something that no wide receiver has done in years at being offensive player of the year. So for people to just think that it would just be so matter of fact that Sean Payton would get rid of that type of production, Get out of your mind. I'm going to tell you how special Sean Payton thought Michael Thomas was. You don't think that Sean Payton realized that one day that he was going to have to make a choice between Brandon Cooks getting paid and Michael Thomas getting paid? When he realized the talent and ability and the dog mentality that Michael Thomas had, he decided to get rid of Brandon Cooks. If Michael Thomas did not have that dog mentality, if Michael Thomas was not what Sean Payton thought he would be today, Brandon Cooks, no matter what he said, closed mouths don't get fed, he can say all these other things, he would not have traded Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks became expendable because of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is not expendable because he's better than the rest. Brandon Cooks was good, but you ain't about to say he was better than Odell Beckham at that time. You ain't about to say he was better than some of these other wide receivers like Antonio Brown. Like this guy wasn't even in a room. I don't think Brandon Cooks ever even made the Pro Bowl before. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like he played on the team with Tom Brady. That was pretty high profile. So people have to pay attention to that, man. This isn't like just one of those situations where, you know, Junior Gallet or all these other guys, because even though Junior Gallet had double digit sacks, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was Jared Allen or something like that when he was out there balling. Michael Strahan, Aaron Donald, you know what I'm saying? Like one of those guys, JJ Watt. And then you had a young Cam Jordan who you see coming and emerging. So with that, he became expendable. Then you had yourself an interior line situation. You had other guys that were stepping up. The same scene, young guys that come in to make Akeem Hicks expendable. And Akeem Hicks was not the Akeem Hicks that he is in Chicago that he was in New Orleans. It was completely different. So this is some once-in-a-lifetime type talent. So it's not like one of those other situations where they just traded, you know, Brandon Cooks or traded Junior Gallet. Like Michael Thomas is a you know if he stays healthy he's going to the hall of fame first ballot he has that type of talent and when you have a guy with that type of talent that is when you you turn a blind eye to some of these tweets you know but if you're a guy who is a system guy like brandon cooks was fast he can get behind the defense but he wasn't getting yards out of the catch he went out here you know saying with that dog mentality that mike has you know, and, and no disrespect to Brandon Cooks, but he has talent, but it's not like super special talent. Like 
all decade type talent, like all pro type talent. Like you can find a Brandon Cooks basically on every corner. Like Deontay Harris to me is a little like Brandon Cooks, probably better when it comes to elusiveness and, and yak. So that's the difference. That that's the difference. When you have a dog, when you have a when you have a dog on your team, man, you don't let it go. Like you you tolerate a lot before you let it go. I thought Calvin Johnson won offensive player of the year. Um, I don't think so. I don't know if he did or not. I don't think he won offensive player of the year. I, I'll have to check on it. But it was, if it was, it was a while back. I wouldn't trust the Saints. They called it a six and eight uh, week injury. And I know probably that's a high ankle sprain is a nine to 12 month injury. Tragic. Uh, I'm not sure, man, but I just know that the trust level between players and doctors of teams sometimes can be a little bit sketchy due to the fact that that doctor was hired by the team and they feel like the team, the doctor is going to do what's in the team's best interest. And I I tell people to refer to uh, my guy, Delvin bro, who, uh, you know, is a prime example of that. And I think that had a lot to do with Michael Thomas's decision. And people can say, well, you know, they, they fired those doctors. Well, still, you know, we had Dr. Jesse Morris on the show, orthopedic and uh, physical therapist, um, you know, doctor in sports medicine. I mean, he was on the show. I mean, he's worked with several teams, MLB, football. And he tells you, he said, man, these players, like, they don't really care about them that much. They just want these guys to, you know, put these guys together just enough for them to hit the field in order for them to try to go out here and be productive. And these doctors don't have that type of relationship where when these players leave and you know, or they retire, they don't follow up with these guys. You know, there's, there's, there's a disconnect. And some of these players are very skeptical about that. That's the reason why, you know, you hear about guys like Kawhi Leonard going to see their own doctor and all these other guys going to see another doctor that doesn't have a dog in a fight so to speak. And, um, you know, they got to do what's best for them. So I don't have a, I don't have an issue with stuff like that, man, because it's like, nobody wants to feel like the person that they're trusting with their life doesn't have their best interests at heart. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't like when you go to a doctor, when you find a doctor, there's a reason why you keep going to that guy because he developed a, a you, you developed a level of trust with them, right? For them to tell you all the right things, what's going on with your body, what type of medication that you need, need be, or if I'm just a per the perfect uh you know level of health, you trust them. But what happens when you don't trust them? What you do? You go to another doctor, you're like, man, I don't know about this, man. I'm still having these pains. He, this medicine he prescribing ain't working for me. Uh what she's prescribing ain't working for me. So can't blame them for that. I can't blame them, folks. I mean, we we don't do that in our regular lives, you know. And I, I tell and I tell a lot of Saints fans, I, I think that sometimes we look at these guys as being larger than life, and because they're in a different tax bracket, we dehumanize these guys, and we don't uh, feel like the rules of our lives apply to the rules of their lives. You know what I'm saying? In some cases. 
You know, like, man, they, 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 okay. They still deal with the same situations as we do. You know, they just do an extraordinary job. You know, extraordinary job. Uh, Lutz uh, just getting surgery, but no one is giving him the same energy as Michael Thomas about getting surgery right after the season, uh, after struggling last year. Uh, Tragic, that's a good point. But uh, Will Lutz uh, actually came to training camp and he was fine. So he didn't need surgery at the time. Uh, He ended up having to get surgery after a few kicks. So that's probably one of the reasons why. Uh, they're not giving him a hard time on that. Uh, I think Sean Payton will get famous to pay more attention to a wide receiver routes and more attention to making his pass uh, more accurate. Um, why, Ricky? Uh, not too sure about what you mean about the pass more accurate. And if you're talking about what quarterback are you talking about? Uh, Sean Payton always puts a lot of uh, attention into the wide receivers because he he likes those route route runners and stuff like that so he's really hands-on with those guys jerry rice was the last wide receiver to win offensive player of the year yeah so i knew it had to be a good little minute on that thank you tomorrow uh let's see uh who that tj do you know if there's a limit of fans at the stadium tomorrow um no i'm not sure about that um i'm not uh sure who's still here that lives in the city of baltimore but uh, if you have that information for us, feel free to, you know, put it down there so we can uh, let Ramsey know about that. Uh, Robert says, what up, uh, TJ? Welcome back, brother. Robert, thank you, man. Appreciate you for being here. Be kind says exactly. Uh, just like workers comp, their doctor's jobs is to get you back uh, to work ASAP, not your help. Yeah. And, and you have to find somebody that, you know, I mean, it's pretty you know saying objective you know when you start to like get guys who you know from the city or work for the team you know it's probably gonna be a level of bias and you don't want that hey tj by far we have a top three o-line we have three good backs on this roster i feel like we can be a dominant running game just like the 49ers was two years ago and they made their super bowls run what you think i think they I think they can have a good balance, a good running attack. Uh, Look, I'm one of those firm believers where they need to run the football in order to set up some of these explosive plays downfield. I don't know. Um, I know there's going to be some changes in the offense. I mean, that was the reason why minicamp was more of a classroom-oriented camp, more so than doing any work outside. Because Sean Payton understood that there's going to be a lot of changes based on the abilities and the court and the tendencies of these quarterbacks. So you might see some different things that you weren't used to uh, when Drew Brees was the quarterback. And hopefully running more so than not is one of those things. TJ, where is the hell no at for white Ricky? Uh, I'm not look. I'm not too sure about that, man, because the only thing he really asked me, Ernest, was I guess he was talking about uh, Sean Payton being hands-on with the receivers. Um, You know, I think that he will be, and I'm not sure about the quarterback that he's referring to. Uh, Hey, TJ, uh, let's see. How well do you think Marquez Callaway will play this year? I'm not – I don't know how well he can play. I think that he has a lot of tools, and I think he's extremely confident um, I just think that he needs to stay healthy. You know, if he stays healthy, I think he should have a solid season. Um, I, I don't think that he's a number one receiver. I mean, he could 
man, you could prove me wrong, but I, I, I think that he's a, I think that he's a, a formidable receiver. I think he's a guy who's a good band aid receiver, right? A guy, you know, what I'm saying that can patch things up real quick. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until Michael Thomas comes back. And if you combine him with some more guys that's a supporting cast, I think they can do some things. So um, that's how I feel about Callaway. I don't think that he's about to come out here and be the second coming of Megatron or Antonio Brown or nobody like that. Uh, I just think that he he can do a really uh, standard job. You know what I'm saying? Like very, you know, very average. You know what I'm saying? Probably, you know, probably about maybe five or 600 yards, maybe. Um, I don't see him just going out here going for 13, 1400 yards. You know, I just don't see that. I think he has a lot of confidence. I hope that I'm wrong when I'm saying this stuff, but I, I just don't know. Uh, TJ, are you going to stream the game Saturday night? Uh, no, I'm not going to stream the game uh, Saturday night. I'm going, you know, most likely um, just going to be watching the game and then I'll just go live afterwards just like I always do. Um, that's probably what's going to happen. Take calls, see what you all think about the game, and just go from there. And, and the reason why is, man, um, you know, Paxton, uh, today he has a little bit of a fever. And, uh, you know, we had to take him to uh, urgent care. You know, we got his COVID test, came back negative. And um, he's been uh, dealing with this fever uh, all day. So um, probably just going to be with him. My wife works this weekend. And uh, so I know I'm going to have my hands full and all this craziness going on, man. You know, normally my wife uh, gets off uh, probably like around five or something like that. But all this craziness going on, she stays a little bit longer. So. No, I'm not going to be able to do that, okay? And I like to give you guys my undivided attention and asking me to go live for three hours while I have a two-year-old uh, son and not feeling too well, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But I will uh, go live uh, after the game. That's right uh, here, TJ. That's why I love this podcast. Uh, thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Uh, Wallace says, TJ, uh, what you think our record will be at the end of the year? I said uh, 11 and 6. I said, I still stand by it. I still think, I don't think the Saints are going to be as bad as people making us out to be. Y'all, I can tell you that. Okay. I, I can tell you that. We're not going to be as bad as people making us out to be. I feel like that's mad disrespectful the way that they're not putting respect on the Saints' name. It's like they just, you know, just feel like the Saints are just destined to fail. You know, Saints. You know, it's got some really good coaches that can, you know, weather the storm. Pretty boy Brady, time's up. I'm so sick of hearing about Tampa Bay. Well, you're going to hear about that till he retires or he goes to another team. And I'm pretty sure he's not going to go to another team, so he's going to retire there. Uh, saw a podcast on, had to take break from streaming to watch. Time on my side. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I want to see how Jameis looks alike as well as Hill. They both need reps. I agree. And that's what's going to decide this 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 job you know what i'm saying this 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 starting job Becon says packed in super speedy recovery yeah he'll be all right he may have a little bit of a, a ear infection he'll be all right goldface uh giving a shout out to dennis says who that read a few more and then we're gonna get up out of here folks tj lutz tried to, to rehab that groin sports hernia but suffered an injury okay um but the thing about it is uh, he was well enough to go to training camp, you know, like he was well enough to go to training camp and he wasn't having like any issues like that, you know, and and then he ended up like, you know, re-aggravating his groin, you know, he, he ended up re-aggravating and have to get surgery. So, yeah, 
you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, he did come in. And I think that's probably why people gave him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, get well, Packet Man. Prayers and blessings to y'all. Dennis says, hey, what up, TJ? Didn't know you were in our order. Respect. Yeah, man. I, I pledged spring 2007 at Jackson State. Old head up in here. Uh, I think Jawan Johnson can be a great tight end. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can be good. I think he can have like a Jimmy Graham type uh, role with the Saints. You know, a guy that's probably not going to ever be like a, a really good blocker, but really good pass catcher. On NFL Network right now, Arizona Cardinals and Dallas Cowboys preseason game on right now. Yeah, I know it's going to be a late game. Not interested at all. Uh, <laughs> not interested at all. Okay, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, come on, man. I'm, bruh, I'm over them. But speaking of Dallas Cowboys, man, I want to say uh, rest in peace to uh, Brian jackson man he's a native of new orleans but he was a cowboy fan and you know me and him used to go back and forth uh you know on social media uh i you know grew up in a church uh his mom was on the deaconess board uh she was a the head deaconess of the church for many years before she passed away in 2003 and uh, a couple days ago brian passed away uh, due to complications with covid uh want to say rest in peace to him it's gonna feel funny uh not hearing him uh with his take after a saints loss <laughs> uh but he was a really good guy man and um you know bad tasting teams <laughs> but nevertheless man he was a really good guy and uh he's gonna be missed man so i want to say rest in peace to uh brian jackson it also uh was known affectionately as bruno so uh rest in peace to him and uh, my prayers go out to the Jackson family uh, during this tough time, man. It's been it's been real tough for that family, man. They've lost uh, three individuals uh, due to COVID nineteen, and uh, I know some of them watching right now. So you, you all in my prayers, and you know, just want to let you all know I'm thinking about you. Uh, will Winston and Taysom take snaps tomorrow? We'll book in. I think book gonna get in kind of late, JP. But yeah, I think both of them will uh, take snaps. And um, Ernest says, sympathy to your family, uh, your friends and family. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that was tough right there. You know, uh, that's tough right there. But I will say this, folks. Okay. Y'all know where I stand when it comes to vaccinations. I'm not in the business of telling nobody about getting vaccinations. But I just want people to make sure that you're doing your research. I don't want anybody to fall into that category where you're not taking a vaccine just because people are telling you to take the vaccine, you know? And if you do the research and you feel like it's the best option to not do it, then don't do it. But don't allow peer pressure in other situations to, you know, not allow you to do it. That, that's all I'm saying. Because, you know, I just think that the craziest thing in the world is for us to, you know, just do things just out of spite. Do it because you really sincerely do not want to do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. All right. But make sure that you are doing the research and doing what you feel like is best for you. If you do that, then you'll be fine with me. All right. If you come to that conclusion and you're like, man, it's fine. You know, I don't want to do it. Cool. But don't allow outside forces to tell you that because there's only one you. There's only one. After you, there is no more after you. 
So make sure you, you choose wisely about what you want to do. Uh, let's see. You like the Rams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Rams are a good, innovative, offensive team. You know, I don't have anything against them. I think they're always good. They're always in the in the end, you know, some, you know, but I don't know. They always been kind of a thorn in the side of the New Orleans Saints. I just think that's a bad matchup uh, for the New Orleans Saints. But I will be uh, going live after uh, the game. Uh, hopefully that you'll be here, you know, and check out the uh, post game reaction show uh, for the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to go live after every game. Okay, this season. And I'm excited about this. Uh, this um, month of September, we're going to be starting at uh, with the Pigskin Podcast Network. So I'm um, excited about that also. And I'm excited to uh, be able to talk to the members of the Huda Nation because football is back. And we get our first preseason game, Saints versus Baltimore Ravens on Saturday night. Uh, Dennis, thank you so much for the five dollars. Says, love you, Huda Nation. Let's have a great game tomorrow and support our boys. I agree, Dennis. I'm excited about the game. I'm excited about having you here the entire season, as well as the rest of the Who That Nation. This has been the State of the Saints podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. And uh, thank you all so much for your time. I'll see you all on Saturday after the Saints game, week one, preseason. Who's going to start? I think it's going to be Taysom. But whoever starts, I hope they do a good job, and I hope the Saints have a good outing. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?